You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. Whoa. Wait a minute. Huh? Hold up. What? Oh, okay. Did we just lose the f***ing Canucks? You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Back in right wing, Hoaglander, long shot, tipped on goal, rebound, they score! Dakota Joshua! Some teams want to challenge us, we're ready to go. I mean, I feel like uh, there's a lot of pride in this room. That's the best team we play. They were fast, hard on park, they play well, they're structured. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintec Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. A-Dog, good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. Did you uh, get a haircut under that Expo 86 hat? I did get a haircut. Yeah, I can see. No, Jason, I got them all cut. We told him to show it off and he refused. He's like, nope. Nope. He's ashamed of the Oh, there we go. Hey, look at that. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Was my hair that unkempt? Was I that that unruly? No, we're just proud of you. We're coming to you live from the Kintex studio. You went there all by yourself. No tears. None. That's not true. My mom was there. (laughs) You got a lollipop at the end. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Cut it short. Also, Kintech. Kintech. They made him use a bowl. (laughs) How you doing this morning, buddy? Yeah, fine. You fine. look like hell. Do I? <laughs> no, your hair looks good. It's good. Okay, good. Uh, we got a big show ahead on a Friday. As per usual, we got a lot to get into. Guest list begins at 6.30. Justin Bourne, Sportsnet NHL analyst, is going to join the program. 7 o'clock, AJ from AJ's Pizza is going to join us. We're going to give away a $100 gift card to his pizzeria for the best Ask Us Anything. 7.30, it's The Moj. The Moj wrote two articles and then forwarded both articles to us. He's like, here, here's my prep for the week. Go. In all, in all caps, no less. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, 8 o'clock, Rick Dollywall is going to join us from the Donnie and Dolly Show on Czech TV. We are giving away our last big football game prize pack today. That is a table for you and five friends, the reserve table, a $100 gift card, uh, and the chance to hobnob with Sportsnet 650 personalities for the big football game at the Clayton Public House on Sunday, February 11th. So here's how it's going to go. Best what we learned with a football emoji is going to get the big football game prize pack. Best ask us anything with a pizza emoji is going to get you the $100 gift card to AJ's. We're also going to do our playnow.com BCLC locks of the week. And as mentioned, it is Ask Us Anything Friday. We killed our picks last week. They weren't great. They weren't good. They weren't great. Hopefully people can understand the bit and the routine. Well, at least mine anyway. But if they don't, well, we should have a little disclaimer. Like, these only hit roughly 47% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually did think Cleveland was going to beat Houston, though. It wasn't a bit. I thought Philly. <laughs> I'm just was, bad at this. I thought Philly was going to beat uh, Tampa Bay. They did not. Uh, okay, so working in reverse on the guest list. Eight o'clock, it's Dolly Wall. Seven thirty, it's Moj. Seven o'clock, it's AJ from AJ's Pizza. Six thirty, Justin Bourne, Sportsnet NHL analyst. That is what's happening on the program today. 
Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? What Happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance, making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. On Thursday night at Rogers Arena, the Vancouver Canucks became the first team in the NHL this season to hit 30 wins, 30 regulation wins nonetheless. Uh, A slim but good 2-1 victory over the Arizona Coyotes uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, it was a pretty feisty game from the outset with uh, oh Liam O'Brien running around after Sam Lafferty like a drunken lunatic until Nikita Zadorov took care of him. Uh, Liam O'Brien, do you think he has Irish roots? Who's to say? Be Russian. I'm going to research, though. <laughs> well, he's not Russian anymore. He was feisty after last Nikita night. Zadorov took care of him. Uh, Petey opened the scoring with an absolute rocket of a shot on the power play after Sean Dersey was called for interference on Nils Hoaglander. But after dominating most of the first, the Canucks gave up the tying goal against the flow of play, and neither Philip Hronik nor Andre Kuzmenko looked all that great defensively on the goal. Probably not going to cost Hronik a spot in the lineup, but... Not great for Kuzmenko, who also had a giveaway in the second period and got stapled to the bench in the third, even on the power play. Kuzmenko committed the cardinal sin for a winger of letting the point man, Travis Dermott, sneak behind him on the play. Dermott has 15 goals in 307 NHL games, so you have to watch that guy. He's dangerous back there. Uh, Anyway, Dakota Joshua scored the winner in the second period, his 12th of the season after he banged home his own rebound, that was a really smart play, too, mm-hmm. because he stayed with the puck and he didn't just keep, keep skating past the net. Every kid's hockey coach was watching that play. It was like, that's why you stop on pucks. That's right. That's why you don't just shoot it and just keep gliding past the net. The puck might be there for you. Uh, now, if you just read the box score of the game, might might assume it was a boring low event game, but uh, despite the lack of shots and even scoring chances, I thought it was a pretty entertaining affair. It was pretty yep. intense. At least I thought so. Maybe I'm just feeling good after another win. I'm curious, uh, do we have any Rick Tockett audio? Because uh, was that Andre Tourigny, yeah, by the he, way? It was. I, I'd actually almost, do we, I don't know if we have that full clip, but to hear the other head coach talk about the Vancouver Canucks might be interesting. They're a really good team. They're fast. They're, they're, they're good. In the first period, uh, my feeling after the period, that's the best team we played. And uh, they were fast, hard on park. They play well, the structure. And uh, we, uh, we got better during the game. Every shift, I think, our guys work extremely hard. We had good puck pressure. We defend really hard. If it was not the number of penalty we took, I think we played uh, rock solid than 5 on 5. Fast and hard on pucks. Best team. How, how long have we been waiting for coaches to describe the Canucks like that? Fast on and hard on pucks. Good in their structure, too. He was like, thank you. You wiped it away a solitary tear. It has been a long struggle, but we are finally there. We are fast and hard on pucks. Mm-hmm. He also, I don't know if it was in that clip, I couldn't hear all of it, but he also said that was the best team that we've played yeah. based on their first period this year, which is, a, I mean, again, go look at the standings. The reason I led with the 30-win plateau is because, again, the Canucks are the only team to get there. It was January 18th. If you want to go back to last year, the Canucks didn't get their 30th win of the season until March 18th, exactly two months later. So it gives you an idea of with the regularity in which they are winning. 
And, you know, Sat and Bick were talking about this because uh, they were doing their out-of-town scoreboard look on the post-game show last night and noted that the Edmonton Oilers won their 12th game in a row last night. Now mm-hmm. the Edmonton Oilers uh, are tied with the old 67-68 Montreal Canadiens for the longest win streak by a Canadian team. You know how many points they've made up on the Canucks by winning 12 in a row? Like four, right? Five. <laughs> like the, they, it's been... Last night, it was one of those games where hardly an oil painting, but the team did enough to win, and in some instances, more than enough to win. I just never felt like they were going to lose. The guys in Toronto came up with a stat that the Canucks are the only team to not have a three-game losing streak this year. Yeah, they just they take care of business. And it's slowly, for me, getting to the point where it stopped becoming a complete shock. Mm-hmm. So last night, for example, I was like, yeah, Arizona's feisty, and they've got a couple guys that look like they might be able to pop one, but their goal basically came off a, a couple of errors from the Canucks. And outside of that, I'm like, they're not going to generate enough chances. And if they do, Demko's going to stop them. In a one-goal game, mm-hmm. I felt really confident that they were going to be able to secure that in regulation. God, I hope they pump the Leafs on Saturday. So that's pretty great, eh? I'm really looking forward to that because the Leafs got... A pretty big win in Calgary last I got a night. gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. You want to go there right away? Why not? Well, it's the story of the game. Right? It would have been in the tying goal. So it was funny because in the notes, you talked about the Leafs got a lead last night in Calgary. They eventually won 4-3 and then didn't blow it. Well, they almost did mm-hmm. because there was a goal. right? And Connor Zary scores. And then you can see Keith kind of huddling over the tablet and then he pops his head up. And I don't know how anybody saw it. But there was a, you can't even call it a hand pass. It was like Blake Coleman reached for a puck, mm-hmm. and it kind of deflected off his fingers right? and then kind of went a different direction. But it gave them an advantage, and then the puck got rimmed around. And that's was, reviewable. I didn't, I didn't know that was reviewable. I yeah, had pucks no out idea. of play. Hand passes are yeah. all reviewable mm-hmm. now. Okay. So we got Bourne coming on the show at 6.30. I want to, like, who's the MVP up in the booth that saw that? Because I would have had no idea. No idea. Give him the Marner contract. Yeah, no wow. kidding. Well, I know the MVP of the Leafs. It's Austin Matthews, who had a hat trick last night. He's um... Anyway, back to the Leafs game, though. Sorry, I cut you off there. Well, no. I mean, Austin Matthews is going to be the story of this Leafs game. Because if you can shut down Austin Matthews, you're probably going to beat the Leafs. But uh, shutting down Austin Matthews isn't so easy. That guy's... Uh, was he on pace for? 70 goals this season? Like yeah, he's he up to is, 34 now. He had a hat trick last night. Yeah, he, he just keeps scoring and scoring. So that is um, a pretty exciting thing for Canucks fans to look forward to a Saturday night game with the Canucks playing the way they are uh, against a Leafs team that is shaky. It's it's shaky, and I keep wondering if Bradshaw Living is going to do anything about it. Um, you know, watching Nikita Zadorov yesterday, his physical presence and his ability to just walk over to Liam O'Brien and shut that guy up. Mm-hmm. You know, with some big bombs. That was a tu- you, that was you know, a tune up. Like Liam O'Brien got a tune up. Did, last did he night, hear last us night. talking about trading him yesterday or something? Did he hear us? Did we? Did, yeah. Did he hear us like talking about? Well, maybe True Living is still interested in Zadorov, and you know, if the Canucks bring in another uh, defenseman, you know, who's the guy that sits, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, that was great to see from Zadorov because Liam O'Brien was running around. And, and listen, I, I no hate for Liam O'Brien. He was just trying to get something going, right? I thought it was a bit much. 
Well, yeah, but but that's what that's what his role is. He's Look Liam O'Brien. He's you know? Irish. Yeah, <laughs> he's Liam O'Brien. He's like, how would you describe your game? It's like it's a little bit much, but you know, like I, I like to stick up for my teammates and. Oh, I fight a fight. He plays yeah. Irish style. Yeah, laugh. Yeah, God, okay, enough the Irish stuff. Yeah, the Irish defamation league on League One. <laughs> yeah, well, the big red hair probably didn't help him, but uh, you know, the Lafferty. I don't want to say took a run at another of his teammates, but he hit him and it was kind of, uh, it wasn't, I don't know, it was, it was from behind. And if I was on the Coyotes, I probably wouldn't have liked that hit. So he tried to make Lafferty pay for it. Now, ultimately, uh, he only gave the Canucks a power play. The Canucks didn't score on that power play, but they eventually scored on the power play. But it was nice physically to have someone like Nikita Zadorov that didn't it wasn't the guy that has to go up there and be like okay well I guess I'm the designated well, fighter I'm not going to win the fight but I guess I'll drop my gloves and and I'll sacrifice for the team he went in there and like beat Liam O'Brien up he's like my dad can beat your dad up so your dad should shut up okay so a couple things here one I feel like the bar for uh, having to respond to hits continuously gets lower and lower like the the hit that Lafferty threw on who was it Kesserling, the combination of Phil. Kessler. It is my biggest pet peeve in the NHL still. To this it was day. it was just it a run of the mill right after good hits. It was it's just like, a oh run of the mill hit. It, there was there was nothing about it. Like it was a good hit, but if that's the bar where you got to respond for it, yeah, he was in on the forecheck. I think people just respond now because it's a big hit, not because it's a dirty hit, but yeah, it's because you hit my guy and Did I'm Kesserling gonna even fight fall you. down. Yeah, I don't even think he. I, I think he stayed on his feet. I, I I think Laddie's right. I mean, I think you just respond because it's your teammate, right? And you and you don't like it, and um, you know, you risk putting the other team on the power play is, is what happens, and yeah. that's exactly what happened. Um, yesterday, it all depends on probably what your coach wants you to do in that situation and what you feel is right. Um, I've gone back and forth on this, on my opinion. Like I used to think, like, well, it's a big hit. You shouldn't have to, you know, you shouldn't have to fight after that. But it's like the other team has a bias, right? Like, and it should have a bias. Yeah. It's like the other team is doing what's best for that team. And if that person feels that that's what's best for that team, then they're going to do what, what they do. What Now, it is dependent on the referees to make sure they call that. Like, I actually thought they could have given Liam O'Brien more on that. I thought like, it was crazy. Like just a, a roughing penalty? He, 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 he whipped his gloves off and started firing at Lafferty's face. Like, at least give him the double minor. Well, Lafferty was basically on the bench. Yeah, right? You know, that that's probably what bothers me more than anything. Like, if the guy doesn't want to fight and he shouldn't be obligated and he shouldn't be called anything, if he doesn't want to fight, he might be just like, hey, I want to stay in the game. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, um, but, but you know, if that happens, if a guy drops his glove and the other guy doesn't and he, he's throwing, you know, ungloved punches at the other guy, you know, hammer him with the rule book. A two-minute minor isn't isn't really good enough. Um, I like that all the big fellas were fighting last night. Susie got in a scrap. A good, you know what I'll say? Michael Carcone's five foot nine. Like, good on him for taking on a guy that's, what, Three feet taller than him, like that was, that was great. It was good for him. The only guy, that, the only big, the only big fella that didn't fight last night was Tyler Myers, so that was a bit of a disappointment. But outside of that, uh, pretty good night by the Vancouver Canucks, except for Andre Kuzmenko. We have to have this conversation, people. We're not trying to pick the one negative on an otherwise positive night. That was 15 minutes of positivity. That's not how Jason and I do it, but we got to talk about Kuzmenko because here's, I think, maybe the most illustrative point of this whole thing. Rick Tockett wasn't even asked about Kuzmenko getting benched in the third period yesterday in the post-game media availability. 
Everybody there either knew, one, there was nothing more to say, or two, it wasn't even worth bringing up because there were so many other things to take away from that game. And what what was he going to say? Like, yeah, I benched him. I mean, it speaks for itself. You're talking about a game in mid-January where they're trying to nurse a one-goal lead against a very average team. And Tockett made the decision that the best way to secure the uh, two points was to not have Kuzmenko out there. Is this a fair question to ask? Was it a mistake to extend Kuzmenko before Rick Tockett got a real look at him? Because Kuzmenko, his extension was announced like four days after the Canucks fired Boudreaux and hired Tockett. Now, I was having a conversation with someone about this, and they said, listen, Tockett had been watching the Canucks for three or four weeks before Mm -hmm. uh, he came on. um, And obviously, when Kuzmenko signed with the Canucks, that, you know, part of the deal, really, I'm sure this is, you know, maybe not... I don't know if it's legal under the CBA, but part of the deal or the conversation was like, "Hey, are you, are you whispering right now?" Yeah, like you sign with us, you got you can only sign this one year deal, but don't worry, you know, like you'll get your extension. And then because Benko scored, right? Yep. Like so, like that because that that extension was probably going to happen. It was just going to happen. But so maybe it's an unfair. Maybe you know what I've just concluded. It kind of is an unfair question. Wow, that was to mental ask. gymnastics you did there. Uh, but it's definitely an issue for the Canucks, right? If Tockett can't trust Kuzmenko against Arizona on, you know, a Thursday night in January, Mm -hmm. then what's going to happen in the playoffs? He's not going to play. And if Tockett doesn't trust him, then he's not going to play and he's not going to score. And if he's not going to score, I mean, they wouldn't even put him on the power play in the third period, right? He's he's, going to be impossible to move. So they're stuck with them, it seems right now, unless they can sell a heck of a story to another team, uh, maybe throw in a sweetener. And this is just to get off the contract. Yep. Right? So... Um, well, someone just texted in, Mano and Chilliwack, um, wanted to know, ask us anything. Is Kuzmenko really giving you anything you couldn't get from Archdeep Baines? Wouldn't the best move be to trade Kuzmenko for a draft pick and bank the cap space? There is something to be said about... Uh, Occupying a roster spot, not on merit. If we're going to talk about a, an organization that wants to draft and develop and promote from within, then I think you would have a hard time saying right now that um, certain individuals deserve the 10 or 11 NHL minutes that they're getting on a nightly basis, yeah. right? And there's a guy down in the, in the American League, uh, R.H.D. Baines, and everything anecdotal you hear about him is uh, everything the coaches have asked him to do, he's done. He's done it with aplomb. He made the all-star game. He's their leading scorer. Like, here's a guy that's doing everything that his coach wants him to do. And there's a guy that is doing probably nothing that his coach wants him to do. Yeah, I don't know if Baines is going to be able to replace what just conceptually, gives, Just but, conceptually. But I'd right? like to give it a try because, you know, if 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 this is Kuzmenko, right? And I think it is. I think I think Kuzmenko has tried to do what Talkit wants, but it's just not it hasn't become instinct for Kuzmenko, and now I think his confidence is completely shot, even offensively. There was a, there was a Canucks power play. Uh, I think it was in the third period, but I can't remember exactly, um, where 
Kuzmenko didn't even get past the puck. Like he wasn't part of it. It was the four <laughs> other guys that were like all. And Kuzmenko's like, I'm a, I'm over here, guys. Yeah. Can and and you you know it would just. You know, I'm not saying that the Canucks were intentionally not passing it to him out there, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it just like he wasn't even involved on on the power play, right? Like he wasn't he wasn't doing anything last night. And, you know, I, I don't know if the power play is even much worse without him on it. Um to me though, what the Canucks need to do is add another forward at the trade deadline. But the question is how do you create the cap space to bring that forward in? Well, someone just texted in unsigned, so it must be from Gary. Uh, Kuzmenko won't be impossible to move if the Canucks take an L on the trade. There is that uh, aspect to it. There is that context and that complexity that if you go in knowing that this is a loser deal for you, and by that I mean you know you're going to lose the trade. Well, what is that, adding a sweetener? Because giving him away for free, if he was put on waivers... Man, do you think he'd get picked up on waivers? Mm, Alvin's just like, me- mess me up. What do you huh? got? <laughs> Not at that price ticket. I don't it's hard for any team to add that without... Bad team. He's signed for next year. Bad team might want him. Yeah, but they're... They, oh, again, Chicago. If it's a, well, you want to be the best player in Chicago right now? If it's a bad team, they're going to be like, we're not taking them on for free. Like, if you guys need to get rid of them, you're going to have to give us something, right? Mm-hmm. So, have you, like, Chicago's coming in soon, next week. Into Rogers Arena, they cannot score. Chicago has eleven goals in their last nine games. Who's Mako for, for Dickinson? One for one. <laughs> that's uh, All Star Jason Dickinson. That's their guy. That's the face yeah. of the franchise. Besides yeah. Connor Bedard right now, and Connor Bedard's out, and his face is all broken. Yeah, it's not looking good these days. He has uh, Dickinson has fourteen goals. That is actually half of the goals that the Chicago Blackhawks but like, scored this year. But the thing with you know people will scream asset management. Um, about if you gave away Kuzmenko for free, let's say, or even threw in a threw in a sweetener, but this is people people need to wrap their heads around it, right? This is different this year. The Canucks are they're contenders, yeah. Really, the way they're playing, and and, and and sometimes you need to do some short term things that maybe do hurt you in the future, um, in order to give this team. It's best chance heading into the playoffs. Like I, 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 I laugh all the time when I hear people reply. You know, we suggest a move, and um, people go like, "That's what Jim Benning would do." It's like Jim Benning was never in this position. He was, he was never in this position right. where he had a team like this that was heading into the playoffs, and they're a really good team. Don't get me wrong; they're mm-hmm. a really good team. But there are no perfect teams out there. And, you know, Patrick Alvin said so. He's like, the guys, um, you know, I feel like I need to be aggressive at the deadline because the guy, the guys deserve it. They've, they've earned this right. And, man, if he can make something happen where Kuzmenko is on another team or not part of it and his cap hit is gone and that cap hit, imagine that cap hit being used to bring in a quality player that deserves that cap. And you had another player, like a like a hard-nosed winger or a versatile center that can go to the wing, and then you add that to, you know, a line with Suter and Mikheyev or, or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, like who knows if the lotto line's going to be together. You had another player, like, that. man, come on, guys. Like, let this way we've got to be thinking right now. I'm not saying trade Lecker Amaki or trade Willander, but you know, look even the first round draft pick, we've also got to change our minds about change our mindsets about what that first round pick is. It ain't a top ten pick. 
Yeah. <laughs> Look at where the Canucks are in the standings, oh, right? Good. Like it's picks it, to be in the high twenties. It's high all 20s it's almost point. a second round pick. So so get that out of your mind as well. I realize that the Canucks still have issues in in their prospect group, right? I understand that. But they're a good team. They are a good team right now. And there are certain things that you have to do sometimes. And it's been a long time in this market, which we can, and we can't, we can't sometimes remember, we can't wrap our heads around it, but this is a different situation for the Canucks now. You're listening to the best You're of listening Halford to and Bruff. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. Rick Dollywall. Rick Dollywall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. 802 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Alfred Brough, Sportsnet 650. Alfred and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in Hour 3 of the program. Rick Dollywall is going to join us in just a moment here. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintech! Let's go to the phone lines. Rick Dollywall joins us now on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Rick? Gentlemen, 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 it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Here we go, into the weekend. What was the story for you for last night's win over the Coyotes? I like the pushback. You know, in a game that got nasty at times. They didn't take any crap. You know, Liam O'Brien, you know, he throws 500 punches at Lafferty, gets two minutes. Nikita Zadorov fights him, does really well in the fight. Carson Soucy gets in a fight. You know, for many years, what have we been saying in this city? You know, Canucks are too easy to play against. Well, I don't think that's the case anymore. One of the reasons is their massive blue line that's been assembled. And two of the fights came from their defensemen last night. You know, it, it 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 was good to see pushback. It was good to see a game that could get that got nasty, and the Canucks didn't. You know, they they, they stood up, and they're not a team that uh, you know. Some teams, oh, we're going to Vancouver. Well, that's going to be an easy two points, and it's not going. You know, to you know, I think that narrative is changing, and I think that blue line's got a big reason, uh, a bit, one of the biggest reasons why that narrative has changed. Yeah. Uh, Coyotes coach Andre Tourigny, after the game yesterday, said the Canucks are fast and hard on the puck, and that was just like music to the ears, I'm sure, of Rick Tockett, but all Canucks fans who have been waiting for, for them to play like this. Like, yes, play entertaining and skilled hockey, but hockey is also a tough game, and you need Physical. to win battles, and you need to push back, and the Canucks have done that. Now, Nikita Zadorov is a pending unrestricted free agent, along with a bunch of other guys that have really done well for the Canucks this season. Are you hearing anything about if there's any particular UFA that the Canucks are targeting and going like, we need to keep this guy even if it costs, you know, losing this guy? That's a great question. And I, I get the feeling the Canucks are not in a rush, Jason, to deal with their UFA players right now. And it's not like they're a bad team and they're selling at the deadline. 
You know what I mean? And I, I just been told that they're not in a rush to deal. You know, when it comes to Zadorov, there has been no contract talks uh, with him. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe around the All-Star uh, game. But there's three guys for me that on the blue line are UFAs, Myers, Zadorov, and Cole. You know Rick Tockett loves Zadorov. The size, the skating, the toughness, and of course you saw, you know, he took care of Brian last night. Zadorov's agent, Dan Milstein, against again on Twitter last night, tweeting the money sign when it comes to Zadorov. No talks yet, but um, I am told, and I, and I keep saying this to you guys, that Milstein's going to ask for term uh, from the Canucks when it comes to Zadorov because he's only 28. This is his last kick of the can, I would presume, to get a long-term deal. Myers and Tanev, when they hit the free agent market, are going to be 34, so I don't know, you know if they can ask for five, six, seven years, but I think Milstein's plan is to ask uh, for a term, and I think that I've been pretty steadfast in saying that, but it doesn't mean they're going to get it, but you can always ask for uh, what, you, what you want. Myers, the Canucks are very happy with guys. They're not looking to move him. Gonchar and Foot have done an incredible job working with him. Even when Myers was struggling, he was always asking the coaches for help. How do I get better? Mm-hmm. They like this player, and he's very likable. Like, he's liked in the dressing room. So, you know, the Canucks only have one defenseman signed for next year, and that's Quinn Hughes. Like, Jason, I can't sit here and tell you what the Canucks blue line is going to look like yeah. next year. I, I can't. Yeah. I, I Like, you know... I- tell you that this is what it's going to look like. It could be totally different for all we know with all these UFAs and Heronic at least as club control these and RFA. You can't let all three defensemen go. You got to you got to find a way to I, I would presume keep one or two of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I to answer your question um I get the feeling the Canucks are not in a rush to sign their UFAs. I'm not hearing of any team or any uh, players they've reached out to and, and started talking to. My Three must re-sign UFA players. For me, this is just me. It's Zadorov, Bluger, and Joshua. Those are the three for me. Um, there's another Dan Milstein client that we should probably talk about. Oh, boy. Andre Kuzmenko. Um, not a great game for him last night. Uh, made a defensive error on the only yep. goal of the Coyotes scored. Had another bad giveaway and then was stapled to the bench for the entire third period, including when uh, the Canucks had a power play and Suter replaced him on the first unit power play. Um, when does... I, I, I know um, everyone has been playing nice for the most yep. part and the yep. relationship between Milstein and the Canucks is an important one for them to maintain and for yep. Milstein to maintain as well with the Canucks. When does something happen here, though? Well, that's, I, I'm thinking that as well. And not only, you, you went through Kuzmenko's problems, right? And But you didn't mention no points in nine games. You didn't mention no confidence. You didn't mention that he's, you can't play the game of hockey scared to make a mistake. He looks like he, he's playing scared. It looks like he's got no confidence. Everybody does want to move him, but how are you going to move a $5.5 million player who's got no points in games and is getting benched for entire periods? I suppose I could text Milstein today to get his reaction, but up to this point, Dan wants to make it work in Vancouver mm-hmm. for Kuzmenko. Milstein's got so many Canuck clients. <laughs> he's got a great relationship with Canucks. The Canucks like him, by the way, a lot, but every agent's got a limit. So far, Milstein's saying the right things, but do keep this in mind. He has got permission from two NHL teams this year to help facilitate trades 
first client, one in San Jose and one, of course, Zadorov, who ended up in Vancouver. It doesn't matter if Milstein and the Canucks get along. This is about the player-coach relationship, and right now, it's not working. The coach does not trust the player. That's the bottom line. Because Manko may never get back and talk its good books. It just looks like right now this thing's going to end up in a divorce. I don't have the timing on when that happens. You can only get so much rope from a coach. And talk it can healthy scratch him tomorrow or I guess suppose put him on the fourth line against the Leafs. But what's that going to do? You know, they've done video work with him. They've done one-on-one meetings with Tockett, but it, it's his turnovers, like the one last night. His defensive reads in his own end are not getting better, and that's what's getting him in trouble with the head coach. I, I don't know about you guys. I cannot remember a player that took the city by storm in Vancouver like Kuzmenko did last year. So likable, yeah. million-dollar smile, and this year it's been a disaster. I just can't think of a player in this city that wowed so much one year, and then the next year uh, is having a tougher year like Kuzmenko is. Uh, I just, I, I'm trying to rack my brains. I don't know if you guys can think of anybody, but this guy has gone from you know top of the hill to really struggling this year, really struggling. Uh, the Pedersen contract situation. So PD is being patient. We yep. all know. But I guess the big question is, why is he being patient? That's the million-dollar question. That 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 is what nobody has the answer to. I see a lot of Pedersen contract pa- panic again this week, but I, I just the way it's been told to me, Jason, is everyone's going to have to be patient. When I talk to all parties involved, they understand that. Yes, the Canucks would like to sign him today, but as J.P. Barry and Pat Brisson remind me weekly, he's an RFA not a UFA, and that's not what fans want to hear, but it's reality. And Jim Rutherford reminds me all the time that he's club-controlled. There's nothing off or not right about this negotiation. There's nothing sinister. I got no intel that suggests that anyone's mad or upset. As of today, I have no indication that Pedersen doesn't want to resign in Vancouver. You know, here's a funny thing for you, Jason. Teams tell players and their agents all the time, you got to wait for contract talks. <laughs> you got to wait. We, we got to see how your player yeah. performs. Yeah, that's we what they to... told Tanev, and then he wasn't on the team anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. And we, you, we have to... We have to clear cap space before we sign your guy. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me that a player now is telling the team to wait and everyone's uh, uh, arms are up in the air. The most consistent thing is hockey is the team telling the player to wait. Now we got a situation where the player is telling the team to wait and everyone's up in arms. Some well, players, isn't, wait, hold on a second. Right? Isn't yep. it fair, though, to wonder why is he waiting? Like, it's fair. Like, you can call it panic. But yeah. but but how about another word for it? Curiosity, like yeah. curiosity. We're just curious about why. Why is he being so patient? If it's negotiating, fine. If it's he doesn't want the distraction, also fine. But yeah. until we really know the answer, people are going to wonder because you know yeah. I was telling this uh, story yesterday, um, and you know Matthew Kachuk was recounting his. Um, you know, journey from Calgary to out of Calgary. And he said, once he reached RFA status officially, so he was still club controlled. 
yep. still club controlled. But once he reached RFA status, he was then allowed to talk to other teams, right? You're allowed to yep. talk to other teams and they're able to pitch you, right? And they're able to maybe, you know, not twist your arm, but be like, hey, why don't you come over here? And we've yep. seen guys get to that position and all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, maybe the grass is greener. I'm not saying this is going to happen with Petey, but in some ways, what I think you call panic, I just call curiosity about what he's thinking. Yeah, you make good points, but he, as we all know with Patterson, he's a very private person. He's not very outgoing like in the media and stuff like that. He's a private person. He's keeping this close to his vest, and he can do that if he wants mm-hmm. to. Yep. But I want to give I want to give you an example of a distraction of contract talks in the Canadian market. Bo Horvat was not happy. In fact, he was livid last year in December when it was leaked out that that he rejected the Canucks offer in December. Right. So it is a distraction. To to some players to negotiate. I'm not saying that's the case with Pedersen, but I know talking to so many agents over the years, I ask, why, why doesn't your guy want to talk contract? They'll tell the team in training camp, look, if it's not done by camp, we're not going to talk during the season. It's a distraction. You want to concentrate. And isn't Pedersen concentrating on ice? What's he got, yeah. nine goals in 11 games? He's been on a just an absolute tear since the game in New Jersey when the lotto line was put together. I think you have to take the good with the bad here. Sure, he's not signing, but on the flip side, he's performing incredibly well. So that tells you he's in a good frame of mind and guess what he doesn't want to be maybe he doesn't want to be bothered by contract talks he sure doesn't seem to be bothered by anything else because he's putting up fabulous numbers scored a beautiful goal last night i mean you can witness what he's doing on the ice and appreciate it and then just let the con i i look i'm like everybody else we're all trying to the canucks would like to get this done yesterday you know there's obviously they're probably sitting there going come on let you know let's do it and you know just like you jason they're probably saying you know what's the hold up but he's a very private person and he's going to do it on his terms he's not going to do it on the terms of the bank else. His agents, J.P. Barry and Pat Brisson, are all over this. They, they, they got one of the top clients in the National Hockey League. They themselves represent uh, all the top players in the NHL. They know what's going on here. It, it, it's a situation where it's gonna, everyone's going to have to be patient, and that's the bottom line. Unless he wakes up tonight, or no, sorry, wakes up in the morning and changes his mind, I'm just going to tell you, everyone's going to have to be patient with this. That's the bottom line. Do you think there's going to be a significant move that the Canucks make ahead of the deadline? Oh, boy. I'm just thinking, you know, I woke up this morning, and I, it's January 19th. They're number one in the NHL. They've got, they're the first team to reach 30 wins. Like, I, I, I don't know how, if you're Jim Rutherford, you don't think you're a contender. Like, um, I, I just don't, I, I, I don't understand how they can't think they're, they, they don't got a shot to go deep. Like, I, again, let me rephrase this. It's January 19th. They're number one in the league. Uh, they've got 500 great stats about how great they are. Like, you just keep looking and looking and just finding great nuggets about how this team's doing well. What I was told is obviously now uh, discussions will start to ramp up, get intense. You're going to have the GM, the coach, Rutherford, the Abbey GM, the pro scouts. It's a group effort, right? I, the other thing, uh, Jason, Canucks aren't necessarily just targeting UFA players on weaker teams. You can make deals with good teams as well, yeah. like teams at the top of the standings. You know, there's one guy, this is just me, I'm not saying the Canucks are going after him, but I, if they're going to target somebody, I would target somebody like Jake DeBrusque, you know, top six size, consistently scores over 20 goals. Like, you can go and target guys, and like someone said to me the other day, well, they're just going to target 
you know, guys on weaker teams. I don't think that's the case. You you have players on UFAs on good teams as well, just like the Canucks have UFAs. They might get calls on their guys, the UFAs, right? Mm-hmm. They might get calls on, hey, what's going on with Joshua? Are you, are you going to move him or keep him? You know, I mean, same thing. You can ask you can ask about UFAs on good players. Uh, the chemistry thing, I, I am going to say to you, the Canucks are aware of the chemistry issue. This is a tight-knit group. After each Canucks game, you hear players say, we are playing for each other. That, to me, is a good dressing room when players say that. Coach has a lot of input when it comes to chemistry and decisions. So chemistry, um, this team is tight-knit. They're first place in the NHL. Um, there's always that issue of adding one or two or three players, and what does that do to the chemistry, right? So, And everyone is expecting Rutherford to go after a big name. Uh, Jim also is not going to make a trade just for the sake of making a trade. What are you giving up? Are you mortgaging the future? Is it a rental or a player you can get long term? So there's a not as simple as going after big names. I heard you guys talking about Willander and Lakaramaki. They, they don't want to part with those guys, no, but you also know if you're going to go after a really good player, Jason, that's exactly who they're going to ask for, the other teams. And uh, you don't do that for a rental. You know, I, I think you make a good point about like, Maybe it's it's easy us for easy for us to go to cap friendly and go okay yeah. here are the pending UFAs okay we'll go through that list but you know quite often it's players that we never even think about you know I, I think I think when the J T Miller trade was announced I was like J T Miller God okay mm. that that'll be yeah. interesting and then Philip Peronic was the big one I was like I've barely heard of Philip Peronic <laughs> you know and all of a sudden he's a major part of the Vancouver Canucks so maybe we could be in line for something like that or might just be a typical rental and they might just grab some try and grab some depth pieces and and see what they can do with this group hey rick what are you hearing on uh gensel oh very quiet uh, they they're gonna wait i told you guys last week that uh, the agent and the team that they still got to figure out a lot of things or, or where are they after the all-star break uh in terms of points uh you know can they take one more shot at gensel on a long-term deal i i, I told you guys i talked to the agent last week i think Gensel's gonna they'll decide shortly after the all-star break or a little bit after that what they're going to do with them who knows they might keep them they might make them available uh that that that's a guy that you guys just mentioned rental right mm-hmm. if you want gensel he's got a relationship with alvin he's got a relationship with rutherford he's got a relationship with talkit he's got a relationship with gonchar that's a guy are you going to are you going to give up the moon just for a rental or is there any possible way but boy he's the number i heard he's asking for on july 1st he's he's not going to be cheap he has outperformed his uh 30 million dollar deal that rutherford signed him to he's not in a position to take a pay cut from 6 million so i don't know how you get that guy in Vancouver, long-term, with Pedersen, Heronic, and seven UFAs in the city, I don't know how you do that guy long-term. One other thing, Jason, you asked me about Hoaglander last week, mm-hmm. and I and that kind of caught me off guard because I, I really hadn't done any homework on it. So, you know, a lot of people think Hoaglander is going to be moved. Right now, the Canucks don't want to move him. Right, twelve goals uh, on the fourth line. Young player last night. Look at um, on the ice late third period. You know, protecting one goal lead. The trust level with him and Tockett is going up. But we all know this. We we you know, hockey people change their minds. If there's a deal that is just unbelievable, the Canucks might have to put a young player in a deal they don't want to right yeah. now. 
You know, we can talk all about, oh, the Canucks don't want to trade this guy. They don't want to trade this guy. And then it comes down to like 10 minutes left in the deadline. There's this sweet deal, and you might have to put a player in. But I, the, the early word is, uh, the Hoaglander, you don't want to give up on a young player like him, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing I like about Hoaglander, whether he gets dropped to the fourth line or whether he gets um, healthy scratch, he doesn't bitch or complain. He doesn't whine. There's no bad body language. Next shift out, he's working hard. He, you know, he just, there's, there's a lot to like about him i know his consistency is not there to be top six yet not yet but the way he is uh, not bitching and complaining there's a lot of good character values in that kid but uh, i i was just told to answer your question i was told that no they don't want to move him but it's so easy to say that and then something comes along at the deadline and unfortunately they might have to put in a young player like that rick this was great man thanks for doing it we appreciate it Adios. Okay, see you later. That's Rick Dollywall, Connects reporter from the Donnie and Dolly Show on Check TV here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. We should do some What We Learns real quick before we turn everything over to the humanoids because mm-hmm. we got a lot of stuff we need to do in the back half hour of this show. Uh, we've got to give away the $100 big football game prize pack. We also have to give away uh, a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza on East Broadway. So I will start. Okay. I am going to offer up this news as neutrally and objectively as possible. I am just going to read verbatim what Canucks PR on Twitter put out 21 minutes ago. Credentialed media are invited to attend an important media conference for an announcement taking place at Rogers Arena on Friday, January 19th at 11 a.m. That's today. For those of you that don't know, today is indeed January 19th. It is a Friday, and it is now 8.22 in the morning. So in about two and a half hours, there is going to be a quote-unquote important media conference for an announcement taking place at Rogers Arena. So before anyone starts speculating, is it a PD contract extension? Probably not. These things can often be like... We have a new corporate sponsor. And you're like, okay, good for the Canucks. Yeah, right. Don't care. They wouldn't have said important. They said hey, the word. Sir, and they were like. They wouldn't mislead the media like that. Our relationship with Tangerine is important. I guess I could see them <laughs> doing that. Some people have said this is a major important announcement to confirm that they're going to be wearing chrome buckets in the not too distant future. There would have been a teaser for that. If that's the announcement, there would have been some sort of video with mm-hmm. like a flash of the silver. That's not what it is. Hey, regardless, it's 11 a.m. You know, maybe, I don't know, it could be an extension for Rutherford. Who knows? Let's just rampantly speculate. New practice facility. practice facility. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Or new helmets. Shiny yeah. new helmets. <laughs> new seats. Yeah. New seats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there could be like a new team dog. I don't know how yeah. often they trot out a new team dog. It seems like every team... Has or, a, has or a team, team of dogs. Maybe each player oh. will get a dog now. That could okay. be good. Right. That could be it. Ask us anything. Pizza emoji. I learned TransLink staff use hockey sticks to clear snow and ice from SkyTrain doors. I imagine Mike Halford could use his hockey stick to remove a reheated AJ's Thor Detroit from his own pizza oven. What is the most creative way each of you have ever used your hockey stick? Okay, so I can't use it in the uni, the pizza oven. Have you tried? No, it's the, it's very small, oh, very okay. compact. A hockey stick would just be... You could use a mini stick. You could yeah, use Garland's stick. <laughs> That's right. Not any hockey stick, but yes, the Connor Garland's. Um, I like to smash icicles out the window with the hockey stick. Just for fun? Oh, that's a yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, pretty yeah, fun. Yeah. You know what I've done? I've attached a uh, duster 
to the end of the hockey stick. And I'm pretty tall, so I've got a long hockey stick. Well, yeah, I've got like, you know, it sounds like I live in a castle. Like, I've got very high ceilings, but it's not. It's just, it's a very dusty area of the house. I went and changed some light bulbs yesterday. I'm like, there is a mass grave of bugs up here. This is disgusting. Well, my friends and I were in high school. We were very, very stupid. And uh, I mean, not much has changed, but we were very stupid and decided to make uh, a potato can. Uh, working potato cannon, which actually did work. It shot potatoes very, very far, and we were mm, able to shoot nice. them pretty much the length of the soccer field at high school. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Nobody got injured, thankfully. Uh, it was probably not the smartest thing to build, but we did build it successfully, and we learned that you could pretty much put anything in there. Uh, hockey sticks worked as well. Oh, so and, it was like a javelin. Yeah, pretty much. They a went, harpoon. Yeah, even. they went decently far, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a lot of fun. Also, I do not recommend and, or condone this activity, and keep in mind, I was 17 at the time. Did you break anything? Did you get in trouble for anything? I'm not going to talk any further about this story, but it was a very fun potato cannon. What do you guys? I don't want to incriminate myself. What do you guys? If you guys had to bet on this press conference, what do you think it is? I'm going to bet practice facility. Practice facility. Okay. PD signing. I'm going out no, there. It's oh, not. It's not. And it's Dolly not, Wall texted yeah. me at the break said it's not, and then he sent me a tweet that he put out that said the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> tweet, I got it the first time. A tweet time. with a picture of the text. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Why? I bet it's Jim Rutherford. Being extended, really? Yeah, I, yes. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. he's in good health, like he said he had to be. Mm-hmm. And he extend him because there was some, you know, Dolly Wall has been talking about how, you know, Jim's been energized by this, and they should and, get Pedersen to announce it, <laughs> 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 to announce the <laughs> the new conference. Yeah, I'm here to Here's Elias Pedersen. Everyone's like <gasps> Rutherford. If if that if that's what it is, Rutherford would be like. The most important thing about this is I was willing to talk contract with the Canucks, and I find that a dialogue really helps when you can really sit down and talk contract. That really helps. Why would I want to go anywhere else, Jim said while looking across the room. <laughs> it's important for the future of this club to be able to talk openly and honestly about your have, future with the club. So we wait. need to have certainty in the key positions. <laughs> so you you think that's what it's going to be? You think it's going to be an extension for Well, I, I don't know. We're just, we're just taking bets here. I think, you know what? I'm just guessing. I, think I could definitely see that. I think throwing a lot of people off the scent and then announcing that the chrome buckets are going to be worn on tomorrow against the I Leafs mean, that would be the that would be the funniest one. I would actually yeah. have more respect for the organization and the PR department if they did do that. Because that is... It would be very funny. Yeah, that would be great. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Jamie, the Armstrong fisherman, ask us anything. Have you guys ever gone ice fishing? And what temperature would you draw the line? I have been ice fishing a few times. We used to go in uh, university and we used to go up just past 100 Mile House and uh, we didn't have like, you know, the you see in Minnesota, like they have their sheds out oh, there. Yeah, and sure. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have that. Actually, just like it was pretty cool. We just brought the trucks out on the ice and we <laughs> ice fished. Yeah, no, it was. It was um, fun. I, you know, it was funny. That was so- also the uh, time I went on a snowmobile for the first time and went approximately, I was on the back. <laughs> Some some some. What do they call that again? Yeah, I was on the back, and Uh. this guy, (laughs) this guy was an absolute beauty. He was. They uh, go fast. Those things. So this guy, Jason, holding on to his waist. (laughs) You are a beauty. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff.